sorry folks <coughs> there's just a lot of dust in here it's been a while hang on just get that out of the way there's cobwebs too just scrape them off and oh my god what is that let's pick that up and drop that quickly in the bin and forget about it okay well it's been a while place is all dusty and cobwebby but it still seems to be working um, I'd apologise for it being so long, but I'm sure you don't really care, and it's not as if it was anything too interesting. I just got myself a new job, which didn't really leave me with much time, but I'm going to again try and make the time for my silly little podcast, and again talk to you a little bit about country music. So today, what I'm going to do is I'm going to stick with Chris Ledoux, which is, uh, believe it or not, if you can remember back that far, was he was the subject of our last podcast. And today what I want to do is take a look at, well... I'll tell you what, let's have a quick word from the big man himself and let him tell you what we're looking at. Ladies and gentlemen, the Western Underground. There you go. So we're going to take a look at Western Underground, which was Chris's big label debut album. Not his debut album, obviously. If you listen to the last podcast, you'll know that he had recorded over 20 albums on his own before he ever went anywhere near the the big labels this song before anyone kind of who does know it gets a little bit funny about it this song is not from that album this song is the closing track on one of his last independent albums which the album is called powder river and i just played it because well yeah he kind of introduced the title western underground so that was kind of handy i always loved that title for the album the western underground hold on just the old William Tell Overture, Lone Ranger team playing there. That is that is Chris's road band, Western Underground, which is one of the places where the name came from. So they were on that uh, Powder River album, and they played out solo on the last track in the album, just showcasing their talents and, and the energy they had brought to Chris. When Chris started out and recorded in his, uh, his parents' basement and doing all the stuff in the rodeos, his style was very old-fashioned. It was more like the old Marty Robbins and even Roy Rogers and, and all those kind of real cowboy singers. And that's that's the style he came in and recorded with himself. But by the time the late 80s rolled around and into the early 90s when he got that big label debut, his sound had changed. It had progressed. He had grown up as an artist and he'd looked for a little bit of a change. Now, I remember reading a couple of reviews around the time of that debut album that said that he'd been polished up by Nashville and they tried to turn him into George Strait and well that's it's true and it's not true because at the end of the day that was a progression he had made himself it wasn't something that was put onto him by Nashville Chris had been around for too long to change what he did and how he did it unless it was something he wanted to do so he had already updated the sound and you could hear that in his last couple of independent label albums which were over the title was Chris Ledoux and the Saddle Boogie Band and then Powder River so the sound on those two albums had already moved on and were very similar to the sound that debuted on that major label record and the album itself was produced by two well-known Nashville producers one was Jimmy Bowen, who'd been around for years and years and years. He'd actually started off with more kind of pop music, so he'd, he'd worked with Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and all those back in the day. He'd even, um, he was the producer responsible for Frank Sinatra's hit Strangers in the Night. But he'd 
long since moved to Nashville before he started working with Chris. And before then, he'd worked with Glenn Campbell and Kenny Rogers, Hank Williams Jr., Reba, George Strait. And he'd been one of the producers, one of the record label guys who had brought who had updated how music was recorded in Nashville so he brought in all the digital recording and, and updated the whole system so he had refreshed um, the country music way it was recorded and it was now a lot more modern he was one of the guys uh, responsible for that with, with Jimmy was uh, another well-known producer and one who'd been around a long time called Jerry Crutchfield. Now, he was all country. He'd worked with Dottie West, Tammy Wynette, Glenn Campbell, Brenda Lee, Buck Owens, and the Gatlin Brothers. So, two well-respected producers who took Chris under their wing. So, let's get into that album now. So, Western Underground was the title of it, which is what Chris was. He was Western and he was underground, but not for much longer. Now, he was on that big label, and he was going to get his chance to shine even. Here's his first song. First up is a great little upbeat ditty called County Fair. Let's have a quick listen here when it uh, it kicks in. There you go, that's County Fair playing away there. It's a Chris Ledoux original, this is one he uh, wrote himself. And again, it's a great introduction to his music. It's got that lovely, upbeat, happy sound with the guitar and the piano just pounding away there. Nothing too over the top. And Chris's voice takes front. Just give it another quick listen there. It's full of imagery. He's a great songwriter. He really makes you feel that those wide open ranges. The county fair is seemingly something that's a big deal out in the country. Not something I would know about being from Ireland. But we do still have the odd uh, fair that crops around every year or so, where it's just kind of like a little carnival. I assume it's the same kind of thing where you have like Ferris wheels, maybe bumper cars, I don't know what they do. But it's a very social event, and what he's doing here, he's encapsulating just this feel of it. He goes into a little bit of detail, but you know, he breezes through it. What he's going on about is just the feel of the night, and it's all about meeting up with this girl in this nice, easy, PG rated romance. And it just can't help but put a smile on your face. So he's remembering a feel-good time with a feel-good song and it just has a feel-good, it's just that nice bouncy and yet it's still not light as in it's not a throwaway song because there's still substance there. He's still talking about the way his life is structured in it so that's fun time and that's what gets him through the day. So the work is hard, he's digging and tamping, sweating in the sunshine but he looks forward to going out, having fun at the county fair with his girl. It's a nice, simple life, but it doesn't feel like he's missing anything. He's got everything he needs in that, and that comes across beautifully in the song. He's a simple man with simple pleasures, and he just enjoys his life. And like I said, that's one Chris wrote himself, 
and it's a great, great opening to the album because it really gives you a feel of how the man is. Next up takes a little bit of a turn. Have a listen to this now. Lovely start to this one. Love the piano there. Here comes the fiddle. different feel here so this is a wistful song okay again it's written by Chris another one of his original compositions and it's one of my favorite all-time Chris Ledoux songs writing for a fall uh, we talked about it before it's a song about a cowboy who's loved his freedom up until now but he's found a woman but he's still not ready to quite give in well, he doesn't think he's quite ready to give in. The fact of the matter is, he is ready to give in. He just hasn't admitted it to himself yet. So here he is. Though she's far behind you, the night wind reminds you, it just keeps on whispering. So there he is. He's out on the prairie. He's huddled in front of his campfire, where he's been many a time before. And yet now, all he can hear is her. The wind is whispering her name again. The imagery he uses in his songwriting is just beautiful. You just can't help but see those open plains and see the cowboy sitting over the campfire with his head low and the hat pulled down. But just that look on his face, you can tell he's not quite there, that he's thinking of something else. Chris Ledoux wrote it, and again, it's just brilliant. Just shows how good of a songwriter he was. He did have plenty of practice at this stage. As I said, over 20 albums previous to this, and he done so much of his writing himself. I love the fiddle on this. It's uh, played by Jimmy, Jimmy Mattingly, who most people, well, if you know of him, if you've ever heard of him, it's because he is Garth Brooks' fiddle player. He plays on a tour with Garth Brooks, a great, great fiddle player. And the whole sound of it again, so the first song is upbeat and jangling and puts a smile on your face. And this one, even though it's melancholy, it's wistful, it still doesn't drag you down. It's that little bit slower. But again, just listen to the delivery there. So it's full of hope. He, he knows he's changing, he knows his time has come. And he's letting go of the old life, the stuff he used to enjoy, but he's ready to move on and he's quite happy for it. So again, the way Chris sings it, the way the producers have arranged it, it's got you listening to it. Because again, as with my favorite kind of country music, these two songs are telling you a story. And that's what I love about Chris Ledoux, that every song not only tells you a story, and especially in the ones he wrote himself, but you feel like he lived it. There probably was a time when Chris was out in the rodeo circuit and loving what he was doing, but suddenly realized that it wasn't his place anymore and it was time to go home. Okay, so that's the first two out of the way, and now we're going to move on to track number three, which is the first one not written by Chris. Let's give this a listen now.
and seven. She was barely five. He rode up on his broomstick horse and said, You want to ride? So again, we're sticking with the cowboy team and sticking with a love song, but again, just a little bit different, not exactly quite the same. So we're dealing with two people, young lad, young girl, who grew up in the country, childhood friends who grow on and begin to see a little bit more in each other. The song was written by Paul Ritchie and Ed Bruce. Now, Ed Bruce is a well-known songwriter in Nashville circles and his most famous track is probably the uh, the song Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up To Be Cowboys who uh, was covered by Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson became a huge hit so again even though Chris didn't write this plenty of um, reality here you know just a nice lovely song as I said not one of Chris's originals and he wasn't the first one to record it either um, it originally was recorded. Who recorded this? Dun, dun, dun. And they rode off in the sunset down the highway. Getting stuck in the dirt. Now, Tammy Wynette. It was actually Tammy Wynette who wrote and who uh, recorded originally. And in her version of the song, she's the little girl in the song. So she's singing about the cowboy who comes to visit her. So when Chris did it, he took it a little bit differently. And he's telling the story, so he's not the little boy, he's obviously not the little girl. So he's an observer, just telling the story about these two as they uh, as they mesh as kids and how they went through their life and grew up and fell in love. Again, I suppose I'm not a big fan of this kind of music, as in these straightforward love songs where everything is good and happy and there's no real trouble along the way. The first two don't really cover there because again, County Fair, okay, it's a love song to a degree, but it's acknowledging the fact that the life he's leading is still tough and the girl gives him a break. Riding for a fall, it's let, he has to let go of one thing to let himself move on and become something different. So again, in the way Chris writes those first two songs, there's just that little bit of a twist in it. Whereas this one is just as straightforward. They met as kids, they liked each other, they grew up, they realized they loved each other, and they went off happily ever after. So normally, I hate this kind of thing. It would feel too smallsy to me, and I wouldn't buy it. But this is where Chris Ledoux is different for me, because even when he sings something like this, I buy it. And the thing is, in real life, he did meet his, his, his wife relatively young in life, and he loved her for his whole life. It was one of those true genuine loves by all accounts. So when you hear him sing something like this, it doesn't sound ingenuous. It does sound like this is the way he was. Okay, we're going to move away kind of from the, the, uh, the love songs here and get a nice country song going again. So let's hit it. Okay, so this is called Cadillac Cowboy, and it's just again a fun song. And um, it's just about a cowboy on the rodeo circuit who's basically treated himself to a Cadillac to drive around it. Now, for me, that might necessarily mean something until I look it up. But the thing is, a Cadillac is kind of a, or at least the Cadillac they're talking about in this. I'm sure they do a few different types. But the Cadillac they're talking about this, it's a luxury item. It's not what you would normally drive around rodeos for. Normally, 
a cowboy's going to have a pickup truck and he's got the horse box on the back and they're beat up and they're run down and he's just hoping that they get from town to town with it. Whereas this guy, he's a bit flashy, he's a bit over the top, so he's got a Cadillac. Now the Cadillac is still broken down because that's all he can afford. He's still a rodeo cowboy at the end of the day. So just a fun song. Not one of Chris's either, even though it is all about a rodeo. You would kind of think Rodeo Cowboy, Rodeo Song, it probably was one of Chris's originals, but it wasn't. It was written by a guy called Chuck Pyle, um, who wrote songs as well for John Denver and the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. So again, another well-known songwriter. So this is what had happened. When he went big label and the producers came in, earlier on, obviously Chris had picked all his own songs. So he probably had written most of them and then songs he liked by different artists he was able to pick and choose. Whereas now the producers were probably going out and getting songs from Although, now I shouldn't have said that, said that too early because this song he had actually recorded earlier on one of his earlier albums. Not Again, pretty recently, because he recorded it on his uh, Crystal Dew and the Saddle Boogie Band album, which was one of his last independent labels. So I gotta figure this was one that Chris wanted to do himself, not one the producers pushed on him. Why else would he have had it on the independent label? The only thing I'm kinda going, why did he bother re-recording it so soon afterwards? Uh, because it doesn't sound that different to my ear and uh, compared to the one he'd done already but maybe he hadn't been happy with the way it sounded on record here a good artist can be like that sometimes I remember Huey Lewis doing that once with a track he'd recorded on his greatest hits album and then re-recorded on his next studio album and I loved the one on the greatest hits album and it didn't sound that different on the new version to me but Huey hadn't been happy with it he felt the energy wasn't there in the original version that they had never quite captured it so we re-recorded it and put on the newer album and was much happier with the new version so it could have been pretty much the same idea here for Chris that he never felt he did the song justice in the first recording and just thought he'd like to give it a shot again you know, it seemed to fit in well with the album he was doing, so he weighed again. Love that. An artist who really wants to get the best out of the song. Now, coming up next, I love this song. It is one of those genre-defining, career-defining songs. Give this a listen. Brilliant, brilliant song. Now. There's always been groups of people that never could see eye to eye. They always thought if they ever had a chance to sit down and talk face to face, they might realize they got a lot in common. Okay, so this song is called This Cowboy's Hat. And it's basically a story of a cowboy and his friend sitting in a coffee shop, passing the time, as the song says, and a couple of motorbike guys start picking on them and start making fun of the cowboy's hat. And instead of picking a fight, he tells them the story of his hat and tries to find common ground with the... Um, the motorbike guys and just finishes off by saying well look if your if your leather jacket means as much to you as this hat means to me then I guess we understand each other and we'll just let it be one thing that surprised me about this song again is that it wasn't written by Crystal Dew it seems to me like a song straight out of his soul like you just know you know 
that at some stage he lived this song, that he was probably in a coffee shop, sitting there, minding his own business, looking like the worn-out cowboy, cowboy he was, and someone picked on him. And instead of picking a fight, just found common ground. He recorded a couple of songs like that and on his independent stuff, stuff that he had written. So again, I know this is something he probably lived through to a degree. Um, and I'm guessing that's why that song spoke to him so much and he was able to deliver it with such realism. Funnily enough, again, it, like I said, not, not one of his. So it was written by a guy called Jake Brooks and originally recorded by Porter Wagner. And Porter's version is very different. It's, it's more, much more throwaway and doesn't really make you think about the lyrics. But when Chris sings it, you just get sucked in and it's you're just listening to the story and it's a great story it's something sadly that we're forgetting about these days because in this what you're doing is you're taking two very different people you're taking the cowboy you're taking the bikers and never the twain shall meet normally with those people normally that is a fight ready to happen because the cowboys are proud the bikers are proud neither likes the other and they won't stand for each other because cowboys they tend to be figures of the establishment they tend to be upright law-abiding kind of citizens maybe not necessarily clean-cut because of the lives they lead but they really think themselves as patriotic and part of the system they'll stand up maybe a little stubborn but still they'll fight for the rights kind of thing whereas bikers tend to have that image of being rebels outlaws booking the system so the two tend to clash and yet in this song Instead of the guys in it focusing on what makes them different, they're focusing on what makes them the same. That even though their ideas might be different, they're still people. They still have all these things that have meaning for them. And if you respect what I have meaning for, I'll respect what you have meaning for. And that's a message that really needs to be going out these days because it seems to have been forgotten in this modern internet age where everyone just seems to want to attack everyone else for their beliefs. And it's, it's a freedom of speech thing where people have forgotten that just because the person across the table disagrees with you doesn't necessarily make them bad. They just disagree with you. They have a different view on life. Their experiences have been different. It's taken them to a different point in life. We're still people, folks. We need to learn to live together, and this song is one of those that does that brilliantly. Maybe it's something we need to get people to listen to more. Okay, done with the ranting and raving. Let's move on to the next song. Another love song, so let's get stuck into this one here. <coughs> Once I had a heart cold as ice Love to me was only for fun I'd make a mark For each broken heart Like notches on the butt of a gun Okay, so this song is called Shot Full of Love And it starts off and the guy in the song is A rogue, you know A gallivanter He's not really the type to settle down. I'm sure again, probably something you see a lot on the old rodeo scene, the cowboy comes to town, has a, a girl in each town probably and moves on, doesn't even think twice about it. 
but like the guy in Riding for a Fall earlier on this time he's met his match he's found the girl that has melted that cold exterior and got it inside this one was written by Bob McDill um, and again it's an old song so it was actually covered a good few times done by Don Williams and it does feel like a Don Williams song to me even the way Chris is doing it because in a lot of ways Don Williams would add a similar style to the one that Chris had at this stage and um, just that nice delivery in it where the words come true um, first and foremost and the music around it just builds everything up. Billy Ray Cyrus covered as well so we've been around um, which uh, look the rest of the songs up to this point, even the ones that have been covered previously, wouldn't have been well-known songs, but I got a funny feeling that this song was a little bit better known um, by the time Chris Ledoux got his hands on, so maybe this is one that the producers asked him to do. So far, you're seeing a nice consistency to all the songs, even though they all sound different. No song sounds like the other. You've got different emotions thrown into them, different deliveries thrown into them. And yet there's a consistency there with the arrangements that the guitar is always there, the drums are there but not overpowering. Generally most songs have a bit of piano in there somewhere, maybe a bit of fiddle, depending on how the feel is going. So yes, they tie together and you can tell they're coming from the one artist, not the one album, but they're not fading into each other. One of the main problems I find with a lot of albums I listen to these days is there's no song that jumps out of me, no song I can pick out and when I listen to it again, nothing I can remember, they're all just running into each other and yet these songs all stand different to me, they all have a slightly different message to them, they're all just enough different that each one stands out on their own. Okay, moving on, next up is a track called The Last Drive-In. mandolin in this we haven't heard that yet caravan of yellow wine and crawling across the plains rolling along in single file like a slow moving train okay so this song is very different to everything else that's been on so far because it doesn't really deal with Western life at all. Pretty much everything up until now used Western imagery or dealt with rodeo life or cowboy life in some, some shape or form. This one is just about a drive-in getting ripped down. Now, that means very little to me. We never had things like drive-ins in Ireland. It's never something I, I experienced. I knew of them just purely from American movies and that where the, the teenagers would go along with their cars and you know be in the driving or whatever and obviously I'm a movie fan so the imagery to me is it, it's fine but I would have no emotional attachment to this but I do again enjoy this song it was written by Kim Tribble and John Crabb I think is his name I'm not 100% sure of that so again not a Chris Ledoux song 
just one I'm sure I'd, I'd, I'd put money on it this one was brought in by the producer just because it's it's so different none of that western influences on it but the guys did a nice job in the writing of this there's some lovely imagery in it those opening couple lines about the, the yellow line of iron just working through the, the dust it's, you can see it you know so even though I never have been to a drive-in I've no sentimental attachment to them I kind of can guess what the song's about you know again it's about letting go of something in the past drive-ins are something of the past obviously I'm guessing they don't really exist anymore even in the states um, and you know hence the title of the song the last drive-in they've all been ripped up probably if they're anything like here in Ireland probably replaced with either a shopping centre or a housing estate. That seems to be the way things are going. We're squashing ourselves into smaller and smaller spaces, not actually giving ourselves anything to go with it. It's just purely live, work and pretty much die. And so this is about the sentimental days, looking back into the past. So it's a wistful song again, I suppose in the same way as, as Riding for a Fall and maybe even County Fair was. So again, even though it's not a cowboy song, it's not really about the Western stuff, it is dealing with the imagery that the the album has used so far. Even though this is a debut album, like I said, Chris had been on the scene for a long time at this stage. He'd been there, he'd done that, he'd seen it all. He'd been through the rodeo, he'd retired. He'd done oh, many, many years on the music scene. So even though this was his first big label album, he'd been around, he knew what, what it was all about. And he was at that stage, I suppose, where he's looking back at things rather than looking forward to things. So he's thinking about things in the past, and that's probably what was speaking to him more so than anything else at this time. So this debut album, for him, seemed to be more a case of summarizing his previous career, as opposed to a debut album which is like, look at me, I'm on the scene now, let's go and get the world. He'd already gotten the world, he'd already been there. Now, once he got the success in the big label, that was to come. But in this first one, he was kind of summarising what had gone before. Okay, great song coming up next. Great, great song coming up next. You say that somewhere over the rainbow There's a star that you've been wishing on is the grass really that much greener than here where you belong? I hope that you find what you're after, and I hope all of your dreams come true. love that line I love the way they took this this old yellow brick road song you know from the Wizard of Oz and he's using it to say look go after your dreams I'm not going to be the one to hold you back just remember if your dream isn't there I still will be that's just brilliant it's one of those one of the hardest things in life to do for anyone is if there's someone you love and you know that they're that the timing's just not right that maybe they need to do a little more living before they're ready to see what they have and you have to let them go you 
know sometimes you get lucky that person comes back sometimes they never come back you know and this song just sums that up so brilliantly so he's there he's not going to be the one to hold her back he loves her too much for that but he's letting her know that you know just because that yellow brick road isn't exactly what you expect it to be don't think that that means you're going to be disappointed don't be afraid to come back it doesn't necessarily have to be this one obviously is a boy and a girl but that can be so true when it comes to family as well how many times as a teenager in your young 20s you have all these ideals of how you want your life to be and what you want to do you ignore what you're the best advice from your parents and you go off and do your own thing but they let you know that look if you go and you try this and you fall on your face you can still come back so it's that's that's that double standard on it. it's just brilliant just brilliant it was written by um, Bernie Nelson and was originally recorded by John Anderson but I love that version of it even more so than the original Next up is a song called Setting the Woods on Fire. I have to admit, get a nice jaunty little song, puts a smile on your face, and the first time I heard it, it sounds a little out of place compared to the rest of the songs for me. Couldn't really put my finger on it, just sounded, it, it sounded old. You know, even though the, the instrumentation is fine and update and all the same as the rest of the songs on it, there was just something about the the feel of it just I was like, that that's an old song, that's not a new song. And you know what? I was right. It turns out this song was written way back in the fifties and it was originally recorded by Hank Williams. So there you go. Even though um it might be on a what at the time was a new record just sounded different and they didn't try and hide that they just embraced the the fact that it was just this old kind of honky-tonk um, country sound and it's it's just a lovely change of pace on the album again and I love that I, don't, I think that's a guitar I'm not 100% sure there's the old piano stickling in again and it's just nice breezy you can just imagine a sunny day with that can't you that's not something that's going to be played in a dark, miserable day. That's a sunny day song. Wasn't written by Hank Williams now, which is unusual enough. He wrote a lot of his old stuff. But it was written by um, Fred Rose, who owns the Rose Publishing Company. So he published a lot of songs, and obviously it was one he thought that Hank would do a good job and gave it along to him. And he did. And I think Chris does a nice little version of it as well. Not much else to say about it. It is just a fun song that just kind of gets you bopping along. Okay, we're almost finished now. Coming up to the last song. And we're going to finish with one of uh, a Crystal Dew original song here. Now, so he wrote this himself. Let's give it a quick listen. Wall Street brother 
dishes and her bags are shabby and clean. Well, I'm faded and I'm wrinkled, tattered and stained with sweat. But I'm the first one called when Uncle Sam needs a hand with the national debt. There you go. You don't get much more country than that. So the album started off with two songs written by Chris and finished with a song written by Chris and then in the middle obviously borrowed on a lot of great songwriters and um, I think the standout tracks for me in this is this one Working Man's Dollar I love this song again just love the approach of it the fact that money um, is not necessarily the root of all evil it's, it's what you do with it like the money earned by a working man out in a ranch is not quite the same as the money earned by the suits on Wall Street it's the value you put into it that, that counts as much as anything and at the end of the day it's that cheap old working man's dollar that is the backbone of the whole country and that's true no matter where you are in the world you don't have to be in America for that to be true it's true here it's true in Europe it's true anywhere where money is the base of your economy because at the end of the day most people don't earn that much the rich people up the top they're not going to support you when things are down we prop everyone else up around us don't freaking take us for granted it's the working man that looks after everything so again just love that song brilliant brilliant way to finish the album as well obviously you said already this cowboy's hat oh man just one of those songs that just grabs you straight away you think at first it's going to be corny but the sincerity in it and just the way it grabs you sucks you in completely I love writing for a fall as well so they'd be my top three out of it writing for a fall this cowboy's hat working man's dollar two of the three written by Chris and I still find it hard to believe that uh, this cowboy's hat wasn't written by like I said, he'd done versions of that song before. I think it was one called The Cowboy and the Hippie that I'm thinking of that basically deals with the same kind of thing. But this cowboy's hat just takes it to a whole nother level. I'm delighted Chris recorded that. Great song for, for his debut album. So there we go. That is Chris Ledoux's debut album, Sundope. The name of the album, Western Underground, released in 1991. It's still widely available. You can get it, as far as I know, still on CD. It's definitely available on the streaming services. So you go to Spotify, you go to iTunes, you can hear that album. And please give it a listen, okay? Throw it on, put the headphones on, and get lost in that little bit of Western atmosphere. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's his best album. So why did I pick that as the one to play? Because I think it's a great representation of who Chris was. He's just a simple cowboy who liked to sing a song. And I think that album sums that up brilliantly. But there's he's had other albums. As time went on and he got used to working with these producers and musicians. And he, he brought on a couple of new producers. It just took it to another level. So his albums, Haywire, Stampede, One Road Man, his last few albums, just brilliant and might look at them at some other stage but that is a great starting point to give you an idea of exactly who Chris Ledoux was both as a man and as an artist so there we go we'll leave it at that thanks very much for listening or downloading or whatever way I have annoyed you for the last 30 minutes or so don't forget the podcast is available on Podomatic you've got it on Spotify and you've got it on the iTunes so it's there wherever you want no excuses at all you can find me on Facebook you can like the page there and uh, I'm on Twitter too so stay on top of all of those and that way you'll find out when the next new podcast is coming out which, fingers crossed, 
won't be quite as big a break as it was in the last one. It definitely couldn't be much bigger anyways. Okay, folks, thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. And in the meantime, enjoy the music.